ACC kickoff is here. Football is truly underway. People are getting ready for practices and all that good stuff. What can we expect to hear from some of the top players and coaches as we gear up for the 2022 season? More importantly, what should we expect to hear from Commissioner Phillips? A lot of hard-hitting realignment questions that will be coming his way. But more importantly, the future of this league, what does it look like and how can you best respond Drizzy Drake is here in the building from Locked on Seminoles. So let's get started. You are Locked on ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by Jersey Drake from Locked on Seminoles. And we are super excited to be here once again to talk about all things Atlantic Coast Conference. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props and odds and lines than ever before. Bet Online is simply where the game starts. Jersey, how are we feeling? Football season is really close. It's about damn time. It's about damn time. We are 46 days away, I want to say, from kicking off against Duquesne, but more importantly, 54 days away from kicking off against LSU because your boy's going to be in New Orleans, and I'm actually very excited to go down there, eat the food most importantly, but also just have a great, great time with a lot of friends and family. A thousand percent, and you know, the start of what should be a very great opening weekend for the ACC in terms of games, must win games, really. I was reading some articles about people who were saying the ACC has to have a strong showing when it comes straight out the gate. We have some really heavy hitters with like the Chick-fil-A kickoff weekend bowl and all that kind of stuff, like Florida State has a really big game. There's a lot of great games happening around the conference that are essential for they seem to honestly start out the gate with a strong showing and saying, listen, we're a strong football conference and we're going to show you why. I mean, I think you hit the nail around the head there because right now we have no idea about the future of the perennial powers of this conference comes to football when it comes to Clemson, Florida State, Miami. So, yeah, they needed we need to probably just sweep across the board and basically say, like, hey, we're still here. We still matter. And honestly, we football is going to be a stronger priority for us. Now, we'll see how it goes with basketball, but. At the end of the day, football is the money and the breadwinner. So let's, you know, start off on the right foot. Yeah, I'm so convinced the more I talk that I'm like, we just need a football conference around the country. And let's just let all the other schools, I mean, other sports live within the conference that they already are. Just for peace of mind. That's the perfect world right there. No, I completely, completely agree. Like, hey, Hopkins has D1 lacrosse. Everything else is in a different division, different thing. Like, we can just do that. That would be awesome. That actually bring up a good point. But... That's neither here nor there. Maybe we can ask Commissioner Phillips as we head into ACC kickoff because he will clearly lead with sort of a State of the Union address of sorts. If you're not familiar with ACC kickoff, it's essentially media days where you have three players from each team and the head coach come down, talk to the media to gear, gear up for what would be an exciting season. You also have your commissioner, Jim Phillips, who will be talking to us about what happened in last year, and then more importantly, what can we look for for this year? After what is has been a very eventful offseason, I think going in, he's probably had this is the spiciest ACC kickoff we've had in many years because straight out the gate, I'm praying that after he tells us how, how excited he was from last season, he talks to us about realignment and what 
we should expect. That's what I'm hoping. I don't. I don't know. I can't. I can't catch Phillips's vibe right now. Can we still get credentials? Because I would love to just be over Zoom and be like, "Hey, Andre Silver here from Locked On Semi. Just want to ask you, what do you? How do you feel about the conference slowly losing their money and breadwinners when it comes to actually football? You and what's know, your answer to that? Someone's going to ask something along those lines after some, you know, hey, how's you know turnover? You know, great, you know, appearance by UNC in the basketball tournament. Great, you know, softball as well has been doing amazing. But let's talk about football because right now, are you guys planning on expanding or what? So it's going to be. I don't. I feel bad for the guy because, like I said, <laughs> he's got big boy problems. He's got the big boy salary. He's got to answer a lot of big boy questions come uh, AC kickoff. Yeah, and I guess what is annoying for me for media days is someone always feels like they have to ask the question, right? You want to ask the hard hitting, or you want to you want to be remembered. And in my eyes, I'm like, there's the best way to ask questions in terms of getting answers that you want. Is I'm not just being a straight up jerk. So I'm hoping people find the right ways to pretty much say, listen, where, where's the money at? What are we doing? And figure it out accordingly. Now, will it come from someone from the floor, the Sunshine State? I don't know. Because Florida State, again, gives me the vibe that they're trying to get out this door. So maybe it's a whole pitch of, hey, what are you going to do to keep us here? So that's what I about to say um, right now. What's up? That's what it feels like for Florida State right now. I mean, yeah, you got to name your project to keep us here because, <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that the new, uh, I guess, division or the scheduling ends in 2026. And I know that you and AJ Block discussed it uh, the other day when it comes to Granite Rights deal. Um, you know, your mother, your mom was an attorney. And I mean, I wouldn't have the field of law that I'm in or practicing because I love contracts. I love transactional law. Every contract, there's a way to, you know, terminate it early, whether it be, you know, through some breaching, whether it also be through some negotiation. I wouldn't have a job if that didn't exist. So to me personally, I know the grant of rights is all the way to, to 2036. Now the price actually would be large, but as long as you pay it, they see might be like, you know what? We might as well just car losses instead of you know having them flirt with a different conference over time. Well, shout out to our friend Sam, who constantly tries to find ways to ease my pain, but knowing full well that he is advocating for FSU to leave the ACC. If you're listening, he's been saying that for like years, man. <laughs> <laughs> Like I still feel as if with the grant of rights stuff, like I lean on Kenton Gibbs' comments, our Locked On Wolfpack host. Look what happened to Maryland. Like that didn't end well for them. In the way, in what Florida State is right now with some of these other schools. Try to test those waters. It may the grass may not be greener. That's all I'm saying. No, and I agree with that, but I just don't think we would go by ourselves. I think that we have a contingent of teams and schools that will probably join us. And um, for me personally, I know FSU fans don't agree with this, but I think it's the right move. You don't go anywhere if Miami's not going with you. I think that's the first mm. one. That's a very poor rivalry to keep. And also Clemson too. No offense to Clemson. Clemson wasn't a true football dynasty up until this past decade. And yeah. quite frankly, do they really want to go to the SEC where it's a little more of an even playing field? Maybe you want to bring, you know, our, us, Miami, maybe UVA to the SEC. Or, you know, it'll be us, Miami, UNC, and UVA going to the Big Ten because our schools are actually more academically appropriate for that conference. I mean, for sorry, for the Big Ten. Yeah, no worries. I just feel like, you know, at the end of the day, if one has to go, then damn it, if you take all of y'all with you, all the powerhouses with you, and that's going to make me cry more. But, like, I'm cool. Like, if FSU felt, felt like they had to go, fine. But, like, do you have to take Miami and Clemson? Mm, I don't know. That would definitely be the beginning of the end for me. But I'll just hold my breath. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. I don't know. You know, then I will see. I mean, 
it's dark times, man. <laughs> it's dark times. It, it, it's dark times. And like, again, every time I follow my feed, it doesn't give me hope and confidence that Florida State is a team that is interested in staying. However, crazier things have happened. Now, as I mentioned in the show, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, which is the num- number one source for all of your sports betting needs. If you are a type of person who's betting on whether or not Florida State is going to stay in the ACC or not, I strongly encourage you to look at some of the unique betting options that they have. At betonline.net, they have all your latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including some of these predictions for college football playoffs, who's going to be the ACC champion, and all of the fun things that you'll come to enjoy when you live in that world of betting. Betonline.net remains the spot for sports scores, podcasts, and news, so you can check us out there. And more importantly, you can get ready for every football game this season. BetOnline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check on all of your sports. And you can head to that website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline is where the game starts. So we're rocking and rolling here with it. Jersey Drake from a locked on Seminoles. There it is. I almost said AJ Black because, you know, we just keep rolling. But I would love to get into who is coming to ACC kickoff because I think it's going to be very exciting to really get back in the zone of football, regardless of where we are, regardless of who's in our conference. But right now, all these damn schools are still here. I was we're talking here. about this season <laughs> like it's to be. So in alphabetical order, we'll start Boston College. You've got Jeff Halfley, the head coach here, who is entering his third season. And a lot to prove. A lot of people are saying, all right, you had the COVID issue. You had the figuring out with Phil Dracovic and him getting hurt issue. Now, no excuses to not be a very good program going into this season. He'll be joined with, by Josh DeBerry, who is a defensive back out of Boston College, Zay Flowers, and then Phil himself. There's a Phil Dracovic there, quarterback, who must stay healthy if Boston College even wants to remotely have a chance or conversation for the Atlantic title. Yeah, and I think it begins and ends with Big Phil, honestly, because typically <laughs> we saw with him when Dennis Grossell was in a QB, he was serviceable for what, one game, but then after that, kind of the wheels fell off a little bit. Then Phil Dracovic comes back into the Virginia Tech game. Didn't look great, but then slowly you saw he got was starting to get used to the injury with the wrist injury. Now he's hopefully fully healthy. He also returned to Zay Flowers, who I thought he was gone. Um, I thought he was going to go to the NFL. and he's, he's talented as all hell can be. He probably could have been one of the higher drafted wide receivers actually in the league. But, but that was I want to be sur- wide receivers class. Like, not go hold you. I think Zay's good. But you mm-hmm. thought, like, looking at this wide receivers class that came out of this uh, draft this season, you thought he would have made, like, still been a top prospect? Like, third round. Okay. Like, a third, like yeah. a third round. Not, not, not first round, because that first round wide receiving <laughs> class, that's just another And which also points to basically how good he is. He's, he's among him yeah. with his peers. So to me, like with Phil Dracovic, I think the one thing you're going to ask him is like, are you going to be able to, you know, fully have a fully healthy season? Because he hasn't been able to do that since he actually has entered Boston College. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most challenging thing for me as well in terms of just his health, but more importantly, like leadership. We all saw the whole like shift for Boston College when Phil went down. And I like, you know, kudos to say, as you mentioned, for sticking around and seeing it through. But certainly if I were him, if Phil gets hurt, shut it down. Like there's no oh no reason. dip. <laughs> pull, 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 pull the pull the Nick Bosa. We're like it's like what three games? And like oh like you know what? I'm good. I'm good. I'm shut gonna protect my mentals, protect my chicken. I'm gonna be sitting out and okay. wait for the draft in April. Period. I think that I definitely think that's his track. All right, out of Clemson, of course, 
head coach Dabo Sweeney, who is, you know, really, I think he's in his older years of being a part of this ACC kickoffs and just his speech giving in general, but probably Mm -hmm. not say anything controversial. I think he's probably over that. He always knows that his sound bites are going to be taken. Okay. Yep. mm -hmm. Face says it all. If you are watching the YouTube channel from Jersey Drake, but hoping that he just says something real even keel, doesn't try to do too crazy. NIL deal exists. It's here. He's still coaching despite the fact of saying he wouldn't. The day. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll chat it. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Because that's like, I'm like, that would, that's the question I would have asked him. Like, you're still here. Yeah. Yeah. After, after all is said and done, you're still standing here. KJ Henry from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, the defensive end out of Clemson, will be in attendance along with Jordan McFadden and DJ Uyangalele, Mr. QB man himself. DJ, you big Cinco. So I'd ask you, big dog, because this better be a big year. You're going to find yourself on that pine. What we doing? Oh, I, I wish they were both up there at the same time because I would love to ask both of them at the same time, like, what's the transition like now for, I guess, Dabo and DJ for to not have Tony Elliott in the room actually calling plays? And yeah. then also toward Dabo, this is the first time since, what, 2012 or 2013 that no one, neither of Brent Venables, Jeff Scott, or Tony Elliott is on staff right now. So I kind of want to ask him, like, what's that transition like and how much more, I guess, uh, of a hand in play calling he has because – you saw from Ohio, the Ohio, the Ohio State game from two years ago, he had a lot of heavy hand in that play calling. It wasn't that great. This past yeah. season, he kind of micromanaged a little bit more. You can kind of see it. So I kind of want to see now, like, are you actually, you know, fulfilling the CEO role that we've been commending you for for the past several seasons? Or are you, you know, actually going in there doing a little more hands-on with the offense? And at what point does your frustration if things don't go right or fly like you assume they should go with this inner – with this – internal hire do you step in and try and take over because you know ego's a thing right you think you 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 think you can do it better right so when do you step in and say hey i can absolutely do it better and then try so i'm interested to see how long that'll last in terms of trusting the new defensive and offensive coordinators and trying to just be a really refreshed team also with that i ask how much are you going to play the underdog no i'm going to believe in us because of our new staff (laughs) changing card like, take a shot every time he mentions, you know, we've got a new thing here. Like, we're trying something different. Like, we're, everyone, we're, we don't have the target on our back, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, spicing up, basically, when they over-deliver, being like, no one believed in us part. We should have, like, a counter on the show, like, for every <laughs> single press conference, how many times he actually says that. Like, oh, you know, yeah. no one believed in us. We're a little Clemson. I'm like, please, that ship sailed after 2015. Yeah. You yeah. need to stop with that. Like, please. Just, I'm, I'm not going to go any further than that. You already know my, y'all already know if you listen to the show, my opinions on Dabo. So, a thousand percent. And then as we roll through the alphabetical order, Duke bringing in new head coach Mike Elko, who yeah. to me has brought in a great staff. I think that he's also changed the culture and the vibe of what is Duke football and what it's considered to be. He'll be joined by Dwayne Carter, the defensive tackle, Shaka Hayward. Linebacker and Jacob Monk, who will be the offensive lineman. Interesting not bringing a quarterback because I know they're still trying to figure out how that will all shake for them, for Duke football specifically. But it's, you know, never is now is a better time to be good, Duke football. Like, no expectations. You have a new coach who comes from the SEC, and you're figuring, listen, if we're going to try and make a sell, for some of these schools to talk about how good our basketball program is, might as well say football's on the men too. 
Yeah, and like with Mike Elko, I think the first thing I would ask him was like, "How much did you get paid to go ask you to do?" Because like I've heard, because I've heard that the grapevine it is an obscene amount of cash, and that's just me being nosy as hell. But the second, <laughs> but the second like legitimate question is like, I would love to ask him like, what's he bringing from his like tenure in the SEC as a defensive coordinator, and how he's implemented it to a Duke football program that reached you know very highs with Coach David Cutcliffe, and how he's actually been able to transition that and also how it feels like it's a it's, a, it's kind of a homecoming for him too because he was the dc actually at wake forest and like did mm. he ever see himself coming back to dc as a head coach at duke no less so that could be more yeah that's me more being like you know curious but i think that'll be some questions you might hear at a uh, kickoff i'm wondering was he at texas a&m when duke played them in that bowl game with johnny manzel i, I would have to do my due diligence of archival knowledge but interested to see uh, if he saw a spark in duke football no, he was a Texas A&M from 2018 and 2021. Okay, cool. So. so not there then. But, you know, just from looking at what Duke could be, I am very hopeful to my bet is going strong with the kitten of locked on Wolfpack that Duke's going to win more than six games. I'm telling oh, we you We got one, now. too. We got it's one, happening. too. Remember that. Oh, yeah. What's that? $100? 100 bucks, yeah. Six games. Oh, yeah. I'm about to I'm about to be running in cash with these guys on this show. I haven't <laughs> lost a bet yet. Be clear. I need everyone to understand here, right here, right now. On this Lock on HCC podcast, I have not lost a bet with any of my co-hosts. And What's funny I- is you ne- you never been to the UNC FSU games. You've lost both those in a row. <sighs> you never asked, you know? That's Maybe you were more damn, nervous than fair. I was. Maybe Woo! you were more nervous than I was. Okay, okay. Period, poo. Right, okay. <laughs> Speaking of Florida State, head coach Mike Norvell, who's coming into what should be a very, pro- not want to say prove it, because shit, we know what it is, excuse my language, but I definitely want to feel like, I definitely feel like Mike knows what's up. This is the Mike knows what's up year, and with Fabian Lovett and Jamie Robinson and Jordan Travis, man, Jordan, ain't nothing else you can tell me, big dog. You either going to figure out how to throw, you're going to figure out how to have a hell of a run game right in terms of just using your legs and being like a Malik Cunningham or you know we're just going to find out who's going to be the new quarterback what's the rotation and Mike Norvell might be finding a new job you tell me you the expert I mean that's right but one I'm going to take what's it they call it it's a Mike's prove it year what'd you say what'd you call it I, I said it's a Mike we know what it did I say Mike we pretty much just know what it is here yeah, something like that. I'm gonna steal because I'm gonna steal that for one of our shows. I think that's for I think that's actually <laughs> perfect. Uh, <laughs> with with Mike, uh, I mean, I me personally, it's at the point now where like I really don't care what comes out of your mouth. I need to see actually you know, put it out on the field for us to see. When it comes to Jordan, if you actually look at his stats, he's actually the 40th, I think top 40, or 40th most efficient passer in the country, which is something that when you watch him play, it's it's not what actually you see, but you know, statistics wise, he is. I would like to actually ask him that like, this is going to be the first year he comes in actually as the number one option, which will definitely do a lot for his confidence. Mm-hmm. It's also the first time in a long time he came into the year fully healthy. Apparently, the kid is up to 215, 220 pounds. He played last year at 195 and 200 pounds. So that man has been, he's been bulking because if you remember kickoff last year, he came with Mackenzie Milton. Mm-hmm. And it's really awkward when your head coach brings two QBs to ACC kickoff. So you kind of already know where your standing is with the with 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 your coach as a QB, especially when it's an immediate transfer coming up cash off a leg injury. So I kind of want to ask, I would ask if I was there, how do you feel? Like, do you finally have? Is this finally your team now? And what have you what have you done to kind of you know solidify that spot and actually earn Mike Norvell's trust? Because looking at the game plan, play calling, it's not it's no it's not lost on anybody that Mike Norvell did not have any faith in the kid until maybe halfway through last year. 
A thousand percent agree. And, you know, I'm very excited that we won't have two quarterbacks there because I'm tired of the question of, do you think you're going to start? And or, you know, the responses of, I'm just here to support, you know, best way I know how. And da, 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 da. like, listen, we know what you want to do. We know you want to lead the team. Now you get to exactly. stay with full confidence and let's do what we got to do. Exactly. It's like my team is my damn thing. No, 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 no. I don't want this nonsense. Like, you know, this kid's been here for six months. Like, like I bet you Jordan was pissed. And rightfully yeah. so. We should have been pissed. A thousand percent agree. Which NFL stars who will be maybe future in parts when we talk about some of these guys at the ACC will be moving the betting line the most. Starting July 18th, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. Available July 18th on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. If you have not yet subscribed to the Locked On ACC podcast on YouTube, you're doing yourself a disservice. We are almost to 500. I bet Kenton Gibbs that if we got to a thousand by football season, I would shave my head, but I don't think I'm gonna Wait, have really? to. Yeah, I did. You, you oh, I, I you got some phone calls. Text messages to make. <laughs> 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 have to get to a thousand by the start of football season. So you said forty six days, right? Forty six days to get to a thousand subscribers. We're at four hundred and twenty one right now, so we'll see how it goes. But throwing that out there in the universe as we're rolling through these ACC kickoff people who will be joining Georgia Tech. Head coach Jeff Collins, a man who I don't want to say he knows his fate because crazier things have happened, right? Better seasons have sparked from people who have felt felt fully doubted. And you know, that's what it is. Last year when I heard Coach Half Coach Halfley, Coach Collins, which him too, at ACC kickoff, I was ready to run through a damn brick wall. So I'm convinced that the man knows what he's talking about. Like can he actually deliver? That's a whole different conversation. He'll be joined. With Dylan Leonard, the tight end out of Georgia Tech, Dante Smith, and then Zamari Walton. Georgia Tech, just give me something. The, you are, these are the schools that need to give me something because we know how important it is to sell this conference. So Georgia Tech would be one of those for me. They would, but their schedule sucks. Like their schedule <laughs> is hard. Like, do you know what their first like four games are? Please enlighten the group. You got Clemson week one. Mm-hmm. Out. Western Carolina, which you know, that's that I'll give that's you as a, a win. Dub. That's a dub. That's a dub. That's a dub. Ole Miss. That's a challenge. That's a, we won't say it's a loss. We'll say it's a challenge because you ne- you never know. No, no, that's fair. That's fair. And then they play UCF in Orlando, and UCF is a, one of those sneaky good teams this coming season with your Nick Casayanos or John Rice Plumlee at QB. Like that is, and then you play Pitt, and then your Duke Blue Devils on October eighth too. Like that's not gonna my be Duke, not my Duke Blue Devils. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> But wait, stop me for a second. This is the same Georgia Tech team who used to show you sneakily good wins all the time. I, when they got when they smacked North Carolina in the mouth, one, it showed me what North Carolina really was after that. But two, it made me say, see, this is it. Y'all have it. They also had Jameer Gibbs, but y'all have it. Y'all got something. I mean, we'll see how Jeff Sims take, you know, takes another step, if he can take a step forward. Last year, I think myself and uh, Tyler Aki, when he was used to be here, like were huge, huge fans of him, and he just mm-hmm. wasn't able to take the next step forward. He was a turnover machine. So <laughs> it starts with him, and then with Jeff Collins, you're right. The man does talk. He does talk a good game. He will make yeah. you want to run through a brick wall, and that's someone that you can tell his players want to play for him. It's just that schedule. The start is really damn brutal. So, okay, like, if, if they're if they're able to like come up like probably like you know one game below five hundred heading into October, then you know what you actually might be able to have a fine chance there. Which right. honestly, with the coaching style, they actually might be able to. No, 
Very true. I hope they beat. I hope they beat Ole Miss for the sake of SEC and ACC. But Clemson, I need y'all to win that game only because of where we're trying to take the conference. Anyway, Louisville head coach Scott Satterfield, who's figured out how to recruit like hell because he wants his job bad. You hear me? Yeah. Yasir <laughs> Abdullah, who is a linebacker, Caleb Chandler, who is the offensive guard, and we also have Malik. Cunningham, the second coming of Lamar Jackson at quarterback, but maybe even better when it comes to the run game. Because I saw the way he ran all over Duke in that Louisville-Duke game last fall in Durham. Who, buddy. That was a long Thursday night. Long Thursday yep. night. The way, like, so because the way Lamar Jackson runs, I lived in Baltimore for four years and I was there for law school. So I went to a few games. Lamar, the way he runs is very graceful, very finesse. Like, he knows what he's going to do, like, three to four steps ahead of you. Malik runs like he just wants – he's like a rhino. Like he's just someone hard to bring down, wants to bowl you over to, but has the agility enough to like move out of the way. And then he also improved as a passer last year. Like to me, Malik Cunningham could at the end of the season be the best QB in the conference. Mm-hmm. Now we'll see if Scott Stratfield actually has the weapons around him. But to me, I would love to ask Malik how he feels about potentially being a, being the dark horse actually candidate for Heisman campaign this season. Because I definitely think he has the talent to back that up. And especially – in a year where Satterfield is basically running recruiting right now in the ACC when it comes to like smaller tier or mid tier programs, I would love to know how he feels like you're basically being able to hand a torch off to the next coming coming class. Yeah, no doubt about it. From Miami, head coach Mario Cristobal, who is entering his first season as head coach in the ACC, came at from Oregon. He'll be with Jafari Harvey, the defensive end. Will Mallory for the tight end, and then of course the new high flashing red headed assassin, Mr. <laughs> red headed rocket. Just I don't really like that, so I'm just gonna hit red headed. Assassin. Don't, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Tyler Van Dyke, Mr. Man out of Connecticut. I think that he certainly shut me up last season when I was like, who is this like what mm-hmm. freshman who's coming in plant going up against a really good NC state team and claiming like he ain't, you know, scary he ain't never scared. Well, shoot. Well, call me a liar. Cause that's what I was that day. And he, he delivered. Yeah. He made me look dumb as hell on this program. Like <laughs> for those two weeks, because Tyler Van Dyke just came out of nowhere being like, Oh, this kid can ball out. I mean, it was like yeah. that, uh, Snoop Dogg and Michael Rapport mean like, Damn, <laughs> this man don't miss. He's damn good. Like he and Tyler Van Dyke, I think has a has I guess the ability to actually you know with Mario Cristobal and then also with the hire that we don't talk about much, but is I think equally as important with Josh Gass to actually have a high flying fun offense. Yeah. Now Tyler Van Dyke, I think is very good. We're gonna see how good he is this coming season, whether it be to how to how they replace a Mike Harley and a Charleston Rambo with it was yeah. a Restrepo or Michael Redding. But to me, I think Tyler Van Dyke. That, that kid's that kid scares me. I will, I'm I, I'm not afraid to say that. Like, I think he definitely is probably the best QB in the state of Florida, and he's definitely a top three QB in the conference. Yeah, and I think from a leadership standpoint, when you look at that defense, the loss of Bubba Bolden is going to be big, and mm-hmm. how they can come in and certainly deliver on that side of the ball and really bring back that Miami defensive energy of old is going to be so critical with what the state of the program and, again, how you leverage yourself to appeal to these quote-unquote Big Tens and SECs, if that's where you're trying to find yourself going into these next few years. All right, out of North Carolina, head coach Mac Brown, British Brooks, Josh Downs, Ray Vahasic, three guys who I love personally. Mac Brown, I find it very unique and interesting that you're not bringing in a quarterback because we all know it was the Sam Howell show last year and it was the Heisman 
campaign that was really, really oversold, underdone, whatever you want to call it. It was a waste of our time. Now I find myself just trying to get through football season, getting excited because we might win a national championship in basketball. I saw one of my friends tweet, you know, the nature is healing because we care more about the summer program for North Carolina basketball than we do about what's going to happen at ACC kickoffs. Like, it's all right. All is right in the world. You know, football's cool, but I mean, a couple losses and I promise you, all right, well, when's basketball season? That's what, that's where we're at, you know, with our programs. <laughs> uh, my big thing that I was going to ask you, like, would these be the three players that you would have brought? Actually, I know Josh Downs is going to basically be the leader that you're going to be leaned on a lot as well as Ray Hasek. But would you have brought someone, you know, besides Bruce Brooks, or is that, do you think that someone else you would bring actually for this uh, this occasion? No, I think bringing Ty Chandler last year and just the way the running back, he, I mean, he was a, what was he? He was a transfer. And then British Brooks having the kind of year, more explosive year towards the end of the season that we were, you know, hoping to see from Ty all year long. Um, will be nice to just see how he wants to keep that momentum rolling, especially if he's been at North Carolina forever in three days. So glad to see him here. I think, again, I would have liked Drake. I think bringing any quarterback would have made you say this is a starting quarterback. So bringing, bringing Drake May or Jacoby Criswell would have been like, all right, well, that's what you're leaning on. Clearly, you don't want to give away that information. And so when you get asked, hey, what are you feeling? I feel like you're going to say it's going to be a competition, you know, all that good stuff. Same answers. Take a shot every time. He says, we have a real battle on our hands, you know? How long until he mentions about media overhyping them last season? Uh, third sentence in. He's going to crack a joke about it, of course, because <laughs> that's who Mac is, right? He's like, but here I am talking about how we were going to be so great, and you guys bought it. <laughs> you know, like, that's what's going to go down. You know. You know it is. Can't wait. I'm going to tweet out the moment that it does happen for you, just so you know. I'm going to retweet it, too. <laughs> NC State, Dave Doran, coming into year 95, it feels like. He'll be joined by a really good quarterback, Devin Leary, Isaiah Moore, the linebacker out of Chester, Virginia, and Drake Thomas, the linebacker out of Wake Forest. Bringing two linebackers, I think, really just puts the stamp on how good this defense is trying to be this season for NC State. And for Devin Leary, this is your offense. You have no more. Bailey Hockman's last year, you know, it was very good for you. And how are you going to make that and excel at three times forward? Because now you have that lovely target on your back. And are you going to be the Heisman candidate we all talk about? I'm actually kind of surprised that they didn't bring Corey Durden to this. Because I'm pretty sure yeah. it wasn't Corey Durden all ACC, either first or second team or when it comes to defensive tackle on the defense. Yeah, I think like, it's because of him being like the decision of whether or not he was coming, staying, all of that good stuff. And they just maybe wanted to avoid that. And maybe he's just not the most personable for this scenario. I mean, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. He, he was one of the more like the, when he was at Florida state, he was one of the people that you would look to do as a leader. Before, like, I think I want to say the year before he had actually departed, but I think with this NC state team, it's more like probably the big questions would be asked, like, how do you manage high expectations? Like mm -hmm. not only us in this program, but like other outlets are saying right now that this is the, probably the best NC state team they've had in a very long time. And they're yep. picked to not only win the Atlantic, you got the home and big, big, big game boomer having in the CFP. So it's kind of like, I want to see, you know, what goes down with that. And big game boomer has great lists. He put our podcast as the number one podcast for FSU, for FSU fans. So I will go with any big game boomer list. So did he really? He did. He said, Adnol's not his best Florida State Seminoles podcast to listen to. Now, granted, some of his lists are a little weird, but like, I'm going to take that one to the bank. Oh, look, you better hold your dub and keep it rolling. That's really awesome. 100%. Congrats. That's really dope. 
All right, guys, we got Pitt, coach, head coach Pat Narduzzi, ACC champions. You also have the loss of why do I can see his face and his hair, but can't say his name, Kenny Pickett. And you're now finding yourself without a quarterback. I mean, Keaton Slovis, obviously, but he won't be in attendance. It'll be Deslin Alexander, one of the best defensive linemen in the ACC, in my opinion. Servasia Dennis, another great linebacker, and then Carter Warren. So, Pitt, are you trying to tell me that your defense is back and we never need to worry about y'all again? What's up? I think it's or um, <laughs> no offensive representatives at all. Period. Uh, did Ooh. Jordan Asin, was Jordan Asin your entire offense? Maybe. Question mark? I mean, offensive. I mean, Warren Carter Warren is an offensive tackle. Oh, offensive tackle. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Skill position wise, like Jordan Asin not being there. Like obviously, <laughs> it hurts with that. And Keen Slovis yeah. being a transfer, like it's. I don't know whether it's the right or the wrong move to bring in a transfer actually for, for that. Like, for example, three of FSU's players that are, be, are going were transferred in, I want to say, the past two or three years. So we'll see with that. And then Pine Arduzzi, probably I'll be like, hey, I'm sorry for calling you a plant. Actually, last year we did our coaches' <laughs> rankings because uh, winning the ACC proves you're not a plant. <laughs> Lord help us, right? And I think that he has a lot to say. And we'll, you know, pretty much you got you really do have target on your back. Everyone wants to be ACC champions. So. Show up and do what it do. First Syracuse head coach Dino Babers, which could be his very last ACC kickoff for many reasons, will be joined with Matthew Bergeron from uh, he'll be the offensive lineman. Michael Jones, Michael, maybe that's it from the linebacker out of Miami, Florida, and then Garrett Schrader. Shout out to my homie from Charlotte, North Carolina. Garrett, you know, you try your best, boo, and that's all we can ask for. Can't throw a lick, but you show try your best. He, he's a big boy. He's a well, damn good running back. <laughs> Hopefully he finds some. I mean, that's what I hope he's been working on this offseason. I just know somebody who's probably with a little salt and pepper in their hair is going to ask, like, what are you planning to do in terms of your arm and throwing and just the very fundamentals that is, you know, being a quarterback? Because you need it. I mean, the pro- problem with that is, didn't they? I mean, I know they lost two wide receivers in the transfer portal, so that's definitely going to be something he'll probably talk on more comes to Wesley reestablishing chemistry with these wide receivers. I was also a transfer from Mississippi State, too, where actually he was a decent-ish passer there. We saw the regression last year with relying on the running. But also, mm-hmm. like, the if I was him, I would kind of embrace that, too, because he actually can move. Like, he's the slowest, fast guy alive. If you actually watch actually one of his, a lot of his big runs, so it's like, I would kind of own that if I was him. Yeah, listen, make it do what it do. Let's just make sure we get some dubs when it's all said and done. Virginia is bringing new head coach Tony Elliott along with Brennan Armstrong, a very good thrower indeed. Let's hope his arm has healed. Nick Jackson, the linebacker, and Keaton Thompson, who is an excellent FBP. He's a football player. That's his position because he'll do anything. Shout out to that's New Orleans. Dope. That's actually pretty dope, actually. <laughs> I, know, I didn't even – that's sick. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, just a, he's just a very serviceable, does, does what he needs to do player for the team. And, of course – he you know, has proven being that leader, and I think Tony Elliott is going to lean on him a lot. Going into the season, as I mentioned on yesterday's show, Brennan Armstrong's arm health and strength is going to be so critical for this offense to be good because that defense hopefully is showing up a little bit. Nick, maybe we can answer that question for us. I mean, maybe they can answer the question with Tony Elliott. It's like asking, like, how does it go mean? Like, this is, you said no to a lot of coaching jobs over the years. So why was Virginia the job you finally said yes to? Virginia Great being question. not a super strong football program, but something with a little bit of history behind it. Also, in a very strong academic, so recruiting typically isn't the easiest thing to you know to get some some of the kids that you actually really want. 
And then also, how's it going from DJU to Brandon Armstrong, too, would be another question, too. And how do you plan, I guess, managing and helping out Brandon? Because I'm pretty sure Brandon Armstrong was, like, top five or top ten in attempts last year because that man just that man threw every, like, other play. A thousand percent. Virginia Tech has head coach Brent Pry, another newbie to the story in terms of head coaching position. Silas Zanzi, the offensive lineman, Dax Holyfield, and Caleb Smith, Dax Holyfield being a linebacker, and Dax Holyfield being a linebacker, and Caleb Smith being a wide receiver, will join Coach Pry. To me, Virginia Tech is like the forgotten powerhouse of the ACC. Like, there was one point where, you know, Beaver Ball was it, and they were really good. Now it's like, can Pry bring them back, back to that, or even just do away with what previous head coach kind of failed to do, which is create that culture and vibe for the Hokies. Yeah, I about to say, it can't be worse than Justin Fuente. I mean, that's literally all you can ask. I mean, that's kind of the bar. I mean, and I know it's like, it's, it's, it's Friday, folks. We're a little more loose here today. But with, <laughs> with actually with Coach Brent Pry, I mean, like, I kind of would like to ask him, like, how the defensive coordinator he brought in was Chris Marr. Chris Marr was the former mm-hmm. D.C. at Florida State. And he was, Chris has a lot for his recruiting, so I kind of would like love to ask, why would you, I guess, bring him in to be your defense coordinator who – in my personal opinion, Chris Mar will be a DC and probably be a head coach for the next five to six years. So mm-hmm. I think that was a great hire for them. And how actually I would love to ask like how they are able to work together. And then also I think they have like, two transfer QBs that came in. Grant Wells is one of them came from Marshall. So maybe to see how the QB race is actually going up right now to replace a Braxton Burmeister. A thousand percent. And then we end with head coach Dave Clawson out of Wake Forest. He'll bring Rondell Bothroyd, who is a defensive lineman, Mr. Michael Jurgens, an offensive lineman, and then our good friend Sam Hartman, the quarterback, who is looking for his sixth and final season. I don't even know if it's been six. It feels like 35, but he can't come back. He's got an ARP card. That man's got an ARP card, so security checks coming in real hot. No, that that man's been there for – my co-host Dave calls him Riley Skinner, and I'm like, it feels like he's been he's been (laughs) – At, at Wake Forest since Riley Skinner was playing. Like, he's That's been there forever. Hilarious. No, legit. We've seen him through short haircut, long haircut, mullet, all these vibes. It's like, it's time. It's certainly time. I've seen him it's through like the some many epic, faces of Sam. Literally, I've seen him through some <laughs> epic North Carolina Wake Forest games to the point where I'm like, did you play Marquise Williams? I'm not quite sure. Maybe, like, at this point. But <laughs> I mean, Wake Forest, the you know, defending AC, Atlantic Division champions, I think they were a team that for a while there was going on a very hot, undefeated streak. Had a couple hurdles at the end, but ultimately, great year for them and Coach Clawson, who I know as much as we talk about him trying to jump ship, hopefully with everything that's going on with realignment, realignment (laughs) wants to stick around and maybe keep building on his legacy for that program. Yeah, I don't think – I'm actually going to take that back a little bit. I don't think he's going to leave. I think he's someone that's built for that program. He's built the program, like, from the ground up there. And, like, you can tell the players – really connect with him, really love the guy, actually play super hard for him. Um, I think the only question I actually would have, well, not to ask him directly, but, like, you know what name is not is missing from those three? Mm-hmm. Jacob Roberson. And that's someone Good that, point. like, I would love to know. Like, he is now with Jordan Asengon. He might be the best wide receiver. So Isn't it, doesn't he, he left. A.T. Perry is there. Sorry, A.T. Perry. I'm sorry. That's what I meant. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry, like, Perry. Why is- no, it's okay. I'm thinking about all the good wide receivers that we lost. He's yeah, he he's unfortunately yeah, I, and, and also and that right there speaks to how good he's recruiting at <laughs> wide receivers. <laughs> so it's like so like why is AT Perry yeah. there? So it's like yeah. I would love to know what the reason why. You know why AT Perry is there because he does not want to take a shot every time someone asks him, does he plan on doing offensive pass interference this season? 
Oh, you're me. You're wrong for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make a running list. <laughs> Facts. I'm gonna make a running list so you guys can follow it here. We extended this episode a little bit, but we had to go over and talk about all of the schools, all the people attending, and so we hope that you now have further insight on ACC kickoff and you're super excited about it, as an as am I. I will be down there. We've got a couple of people from Lockdown Syracuse, Lockdown Wolfpack joining as well. And if you have questions that you would like to hear us ask the commissioner or ask your favorite players and teams, please submit them to at Candace Cooper. You can submit at Lockdown ACC. Hit us up on YouTube and on you can hit us up on Twitter. All right, Jesse Drake, where can people find you if they want to talk a little more Knowles? You can follow me at Tally underscore underscore Drake. As you can see below if you're watching this on YouTube, if you can follow Co-host at Max Moody 17. Co-host the old man of the group, David Wise at FSU Knowles 5. And also follow us at Knowles Anonymous, the number one FSU podcast as listed by Big Game Boomer. I will put that on my gravestone until I die. And uh, that's basically where we engage with our fans, get our things for episodes as always, because we are fans first, people second, uh, content creators third. And Tyler Van Dyke, very good QB. I will be saying that. And that's someone actually be keeping a close eye on the season to make sure we get ready for the uh, October matchup. Love to see it for Candace Cooper and Jersey Drake. Until next time.